Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And we know that Paul was in prison when he was writing this letter to the church in Philippi because he speaks about that in chapter 1. Now we hear these words in chapter 2. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. What is today? Oh, man, I haven't done my job. I thought... Somebody say that again. Palm slash Passion Sunday. I get a little worried when I preach because I think to myself, I've been here for so long... People are going to get tired of me saying the same thing. And as I was getting ready for today, I was thinking, how many times have I preached this sermon on Sunday morning that on Palm Sunday, it's not just Palm Sunday, that's part of it, that's the first part of it, but it's also called Passion Sunday. Palm slash Passion Sunday. And I couldn't even find a good image for that. So I have a Palm Sunday, but I was testing you to see if you know it's both Palm Sunday and it's also Passion Sunday. I like the word passion. We don't use it very often anymore in our, in our vocabulary in the culture today. But we hear about people who do things with passion. They put their heart and their soul behind something. They have a lot of passion for something, like Morgan's dance, right? All the rehearsals and all that, getting ready for something and then putting her all into it. That is passion. The story of Jesus is not just about him entering into Jerusalem as the people did what? And shouted, Hosanna, right? It's that, it's about that. And he rode on a donkey. But it's also about what was going to happen that whole week. I am assuming most of you watch television. And do any of you use a DVR to record the TV show and then skip the commercials? It's a wonderful thing. Last night I was watching a little bit of the, uh, the Masters tournament, the golf tournament on television. And the, the last group had gone through the 18th hole and green, they went through the green and were done playing for the day. So everybody, everybody was off the, 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 the uh, course. And they were going to interview the leading golfer from Italy at the end of the game, at the end of the, the round. And they were just starting to interview him. And the TV station cut to a commercial. Anybody remember the Heidi game back in the 70s? 
there was a football game that went into overtime. Anybody remember this? And it went into overtime, so it's sudden death. Now everybody's on the edge of their seat wondering who's going to win. And the TV station cut to the movie Heidi. And all the viewers who were watching that TV show never knew who won that game until later the next day in the TV newspapers. We didn't have the internet back in those days. So Palm Sunday is part of today and part of this week, but it's not the whole story. We need to celebrate the whole rest of the story. Yes, we need to celebrate Palm Sunday. I'm so glad that we asked Velman to be back again. It's just such a joy for us to have that visual reminder of the beast of burden, the simple lowly donkey, who, by the way, we know now makes a good watchdog, to be part of our Palm Sunday and the beginning of Holy Week. I just love visual reminders because I'm a visual person. If I can see it, I can understand it better. And that's why I said to the ushers, hand these out today. Wave your palms, but now do one more thing. Tickle your neighbor. Come on, tickle your neighbor. There you go. Come on, do it with passion. Do it with passion. There you go. I remember as a kid, we were given the palms on Palm Sunday as we came in the door to worship But there were some words that went with those palms every year on Palm Sunday slash Passion Sunday because the usher would be holding all these palms and giving them out to the adults and the many children who were there. And every child that came by would hear these words. Now, I'm giving you this palm, but keep it down. Don't wave it around. Don't tickle your neighbor. Don't misbehave with this. Keep it down. You see, I don't listen very well. I like visuals. I like things that we can see. Palm Passion Sunday is the beginning of an eventful week. And I think I've said this before, so if you've heard it before, please forgive me, but you flunked the first test, so we're going to find out. Gee whiz. My biggest fear about this week is that many people will come on Palm Sunday and will not come to anything else during the week. The Walk of the Cross, Good Friday service, Monday Thursday service, or anything. And they'll just come to Palm Passion Sunday and then come back again next week to Easter Sunday. And the worry I have about that is you are not experiencing the whole week that Christ lived in that way. You're just experiencing the bookends, the the two good parts of the week. You know, the Palm Sunday and then the resurrection. But to go from Palm Sunday to resurrection, what do you have to have? Death, right? The passion is the death of Christ. And I understand a lot of people don't like talking about negative things, about bad things. I don't think this is news to you, but you do realize that we're all going to die. Don't you? Maybe not today or this week or this year, but we're all on that path. There's no way of avoiding it that I know of. And 
I think, especially in the Christian church, we ought to talk about it occasionally. I have said for years that I could not be a pastor, I don't think, and do a funeral or preach a sermon about resurrection if I did not believe in resurrection. That death is not the end or the last word for any of us who are believers. And and Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing these words to the church in Philippi, was in prison at the time when he wrote these words, and maybe like a good preacher, was preaching to himself as well as to his congregation back in that church, when he wrote these words that I read today from chapter 2. Because if you think, he's in prison, not where he wants to be, obviously, and perhaps being mistreated there. And yet he writes the words about Jesus emptying himself of his glory and his king, kingship to take on death on the cross. We have a saying, don't we, that you wake up in the morning and either your cup is either half full or half empty? My dad was always a half cup full kind of person. And a half cup full kind of person is contagious. If you know somebody who's always happy-go-lucky, who never seems to be down and out, hang around that person because it's contagious. It's also contagious to be a half-empty person, right? We know that. And if you know anybody like that, stay away from them as much as you can because that's contagious as well. It's amazing to me how, I don't see it here so much, but there are so many churches that have way too many half-cup empty Christians. I don't understand that. How can you be a believer, how can you be a Christian and be half-empty? Now, by the way, the next thing I'm going to say is for the mathematicians, the engineers, and the scientists. If you aren't one of them, just kind of close your ears for a while and take your neighbor again. But when you think about the half-cup, it's also... 50% water and 50% air, so it's really full, right? It's full of something. And you're all full of something. We all are full of something. What happens is that we live our lives and things happen to us. We drive our vehicle and things happen to us. The light turns red or yellow. When it turns yellow, what should you do? Go really fast. I knew somebody was going to say that. Bless your heart. I have a third cousin. He's now in his mid-90s, and he actually ran an engine, a a train engine, for the Pennsylvania Railroad, and then the Penn Central Railroad, and the Conrail Railroad. And when my brother and I were just little guys, he took us to the train yard in Harrisburg, right by the river there, and he allowed us to get up in that big engine, a diesel, and took turns running a train engine. You don't drive one, Bill. You drive a truck. You don't drive a train. You run a train. That was and still a memory I'll never forget. 
to be sitting there and putting your foot on the dead man's pedal. Because if you come off, if you, if you fall asleep or if you kill over a heart attack, your foot comes off that pedal and the pain stops. Put your foot down on that pedal, pull back in the throttle, feel that vibration and start to move. There was nothing like it. Too many people have things happen to them and they become down in the mouth. They become half empty. When the fact is they're 100% full of God. Just don't realize it yet, maybe. There's nothing that can happen to us that God can't handle. I said that last week before in a sermon. God is behind us. God is before us. God is with us all the time. Paul knew that, and he was writing it to his friends and congregants there in Philippi. It's kind of hard for me to say Philippi, because down is Philippi, West Virginia, right? So, kind of get backwards a little bit. But Paul knew what he was talking about because he experienced it. I mean, here's the guy who is in prison because of what he's preaching and teaching. Most people would stop at that point, wouldn't they? Not Paul. He didn't stop. He didn't stop at all. In fact, he got more invigorated to tell the story about Jesus and about how he emptied himself to take the form of a servant. This last image. I love to play on words. I love words. You know me. I talk too, but I love words. Obedient to death. That can be taken a couple of ways. One way would be a negative way. Some people become obedient to somebody and nothing is going to ever stop them from being obedient. No matter what. And sometimes they're obedient to death. A lot of play on words, but... Some people are obedient and shouldn't be. Don't have the wherewithal to stop whatever they're being obedient to. We talk about sin in the church and sin in our lives that, that takes over our life. Addictions. That's the one way to take obedient to death. But the way that Paul was talking about and the way that Jesus lived out this Passion Week... was to be obedient to God, even though it meant death on the cross. Obedient to death. Literally to death. I've often thought about this throughout the years. And now, Brad, we talk about active shooters and different things that could and do happen in churches today that didn't happen 10 years ago or more. I've often wondered, what if somebody pointed a loaded gun at my head and said, do you believe in Jesus? And if you say yes, I'm going to blow your head off. Now, I'm a pastor. You could say, if your cup is half empty, that I get paid for being a believer. I'm a pastor. I preach for a living. I, I believe. But in that moment when we know that our life, our very life, is at risk now for believing in Jesus, what would we do? 
what would I do? I'd like to think and like to say that I would say yes, but I sometimes worry, would I? Would I take the easy way out and say, hmm, I don't want to die today? See, Jesus' obedience was a choice. Anybody remember back in the 80s? This is a long time ago, the 80s, 1980s. The movie, The Last Temptation of Christ. Anybody remember that movie? The Last Temptation of Christ came out with a lot of uh, trouble, I guess you could say. It was kind of controversial. But the, the important point of that movie was that as Christ hung on the cross and was getting closer and closer to death, his mind began to do terrible things. Thank you, Jeremy. Oh, it's cold. That's good. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, his mind was going places that we can only imagine. And, and one of the temptations was that he had the power, if he was God, right, to throw himself off the cross and to keep living. If he is all-powerful, he could certainly do that and more. And that movie depicted in his mind, he never really did it, but in his mind, what his life could be like if he did that. And the whole two-and-a-half or two-and-forty-five-minute movie is about what he could have done as opposed to hanging there on the cross and dying for our sins. The very, very, very end of the movie, his mind comes back to the present and he chooses to stay on the cross to die for your sins, for my sins, and for the sins of the whole world forever. Obedient even to death. Jesus set an example that if I am pressed to the moment, should follow in a similar way. Fortunately for us, most of us aren't going to have to make that choice. But what does it really mean to be a believer who is obedient? How many of you remember being forced to go to church? I do. So I'm not the only one, apparently. Right? It's actually quite amazing that all of you still come if you were forced as a child to come, because sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. We can turn a lot of people off if we're not careful. Being a Christian is a choice. But it's a choice that we have to make every day. For example, we can't choose to be a Christian Sunday morning and choose to be a little devil Saturday night. Right? Being a Christian is a full-time thing. Every single day of our lives, once we become a believer. And sure, we're going to make mistakes. But our intentions should be to be obedient as a follower of Jesus. 
That's what he wanted in his 12 disciples. That's what he wanted in the women who followed him around from place to place and town to town. And that's what he wants from you and from me. To every day make the decision to be a follower of Jesus, even when it's not so easy. Even when it's (coughs) costly. Even when it hurts. I don't know about you, but I don't like and I don't enjoy when things hurt. But Jesus died on the cross. This week, my prayer is that you will take that journey with him figuratively to walk from this Palm Passion Sunday. Wave your palms. By the way, can I ask you a favor? Are you willing to try something different this time, this year? Bring these back next week. Would you do that for me? Bring these back next week because I want to refer to them again. So take this and your bulletin home with you and bring this back next Sunday. Let us pray. God, you bless us beyond belief and sometimes even beyond our understanding. We thank you for the servant Paul as he wrote the letter to the church in Philippi, even while he was in prison. Dedication and his commitment to you is just really overwhelming. And yet, it's not even close to what Jesus did. And being your obedient servant, even to the point of death, to pay the price for all the sins of all the people all the time. God, help us to walk this week with you in mind. Help us to be thinking of what happened day by day. Help us, God, to walk the journey with you so we can greater appreciate the resurrection on Sunday. And we pray this in your name. Amen.